Today's School PR Drive Time is brought to you by Peach Jar. Welcome to another episode of School PR Drive Time, a podcast produced by NCSPRA. I'm Dr. Stacia Harris, a member of the NCSPRA media team, and I'm the Director of Communications for Buncombe County Schools. In today's episode, we're exploring the topic of communications audits. Why do they matter? How do you do one? And how can audits make us more effective communicators? Our guests today are NSPRA's Associate Director, Melissa Brom, APR, and NSPRA's Communication Audit Surveys Manager, Naomi Hunter, APR. We have lots to share today. Let's start the show. Welcome, Melissa and Naomi. Let's start with some quick introductions. First up, please tell me a little bit more about your background in school PR and communications research. And Melissa, we'll start with you. Great. Thank you. You know, I have been in communications for, oh goodness, I don't even remember now, over 20 years. Um, But I worked in school systems for nearly 13 years in New York. And during that time, I had the opportunity to do communications audits for school systems. And when I had the opportunity to join the National School of Public Relations Association, I was so excited that part of my work would be leading our communication audit service. And we've done a lot of um, really exciting things over the last few years to kind of build and enhance that service. But, um, you know, I think being someone who's a critical thinker, someone who likes looking at data, who, um, you know, kind of nerds out and gets excited by it, you know, that was part of my professional background and my work even before I I joined School PR um, has helped being a part of this service. So, you know, goodness, I, I've lost track of how many communication audits I've done. And Ensper's done over 200 of them since the mid-1980s. But um, I definitely, it's something near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and Naomi, what about you? I've been working in public relations for over 30 years now, in the last 17 years, specifically in school public relations. And I think Melissa and I share a geekiness about research and loving data. Um But my interest in research really took off in 2009 when I became accredited in public relations and I found out how doing research just helps your plans to be so much more strategic. And when they're more strategic, they're effective. And in the end, I think all of us are in this business because we love kids. We love the idea of educating kids. And so it's not just an academic exercise. And that's one of the things that gets me excited about research is I'm not a teacher. You know, I'm not going to have a direct influence on a student's education. But if I can use research to make my PR more effective, that means more resources go into schools. Schools can raise money. They can get more buy-in for strategic initiatives. So to me, it's the connection between the research and the outcome that's really exciting. Awesome. Wonderful introduction. And so let's dive right in. So to start with the basics, Melissa, what is a communications audit? Yeah. You know, communication audits, I think Naomi alluded to it, but it's really about um, helping us make better decisions for our communication programs. So, you know, you take a deep dive into all of the ways that you are actively trying to communicate with your stakeholders and all the ways your communicators or your stakeholders say they want to be communicated with. And there are a lot of different pieces and parts to that process. But, you know, fundamentally, it's about understanding whether what you're doing is effective. Um, you know, are you actually achieving the goals that you have for your communications program? It's it's about conducting 
research and getting data that helps you decide, you know, am I hitting the mark with my communications or am I spinning my wheels and wasting my time? And I think for people in um, you know, the communication profession and particularly for school communicators, um, you know, we always have way more to do and way more tools to use than we have time to do them and use them. And so, you know, I think in our work, time is our most precious commodity. And, um, you know, we, meet, we need it the most, we have it the least. So how can we make better use of our time and better use of our, our limited financial resources for communications? And a communication audit is about getting the data that will help you do that. It's about helping you be more highly effective in your communications work. And Naomi, tell me, what are some situations that might let a district know that, hey, they might need a communications audit? Yeah, I think what Melissa and I see is a mix of positive and negative motivations. So oftentimes, it's what Melissa was just talking about, just that desire to do my work better. Um, maybe there's a sense that we don't have adequate resources, and an audit might communicate to the superintendent and the board that what your expectations are, are out of um, alignment with the investment that's being made. Um, sometimes it's a leadership change. Maybe a new superintendent has come in and that superintendent has different ideas about communication. And there's um, a sense of needing to take a step back and look at the whole picture and figure out what we're doing. Um, it could be that an election is is pending. Maybe you know you're going to have to go out for a bond or a referendum in the next few years, and you really want to make sure that leading up to that, you're, you're engaging stakeholders. Sometimes it's negative. Sometimes it's that an election was lost, and the loss of that election reveals that there's um, not adequate trust in the district or that stakeholders aren't educated enough. Sometimes it can be enrollment decline, you know, um, not every school district, but a lot of school districts are funded on a per student basis. So if you start losing students, then you start losing money, you have to do layoffs. Um, and last, I would say that sometimes it's just general controversy in the community. And we've certainly seen a lot of that in recent years. Um, of districts that are just getting hammered by outside groups that are seizing control of their messaging. And there's a desire to, um, to assert some leadership and structure over the own messaging that you're deploying. We've seen a massive increase in uh, districts' interest in communication audits over the last two years. And I really think the pandemic put a spotlight on the need for communication. So when Naomi is talking about some of these like challenges that districts encounter, a lot of times we get people looking for a communication audit when they've been through a recent challenge and they're looking to, um, you know, kind of learn from it and, and enhance what they're doing. So, you know, I've seen a lot of, a lot of people coming through the pandemic, a lot of district leaders coming through the pandemic and saying, you know what, we need to look a little bit more at our communications um, and what we're doing. And honestly, too, I think Naomi has seen this as well. Um, if you're a brand new um, communications director, you're new to the district, maybe you're taking over from someone who's, who was there for a really long time before they left, um, it can be really, really helpful for you to chart the course for how you're going to lead your department and how you're going to, um, you know, direct your efforts for the next year. So I definitely have seen a lot of folks come to us when they're just kind of getting started in their new department. A lot of times the communication professional is the only one 
in the office that knows communication. So another benefit of doing an audit is it serves to communicate to the cabinet and to the board, the school board, what's actually involved in communication so that it's not resting solely on the shoulders of the comms professional. I think that's so important. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I was thinking the same thing in the sense that, especially post COVID, what communications, what school communicators do, it's it's so different. You know, we're not just out there taking photos at events, and, and we're not out. Yet, you know, when there's some sort of crisis, I mean, it, it I think helps um, communicate to our colleagues what we do and the importance of what we do, and and that it's not just some random Facebook posts and a couple of parent emails, and we call that communications. And so I think uh, to be able to use this language and, and even uh, if you're new, going into it, knowing that, hey, communications audit might uh, benefit me in, in a lot of different ways. So, um, so tell me a little bit, Melissa, about the communication audit process and what it usually involves. Absolutely. And I think to your point, you know, we in education, we talk a lot about data-driven decision-making. And that's what the audit process is. It's helping us do data-driven decision-making when it comes to communication. So you're looking, I think, initially for um, really stakeholder alignment. You know, are the, the strategies and the tactics and the message that we're using aligned with you know, our stakeholders' interests and, and preferences, and, you know, is it overcoming any barriers to communication they might be experiencing? So, um, you know, you're going to begin by um, looking at those stakeholder preferences, which you can do um, in our process at any rate, we do through a combination of looking at um, quantitative data through surveys and qualitative data by looking at um, materials and doing focus groups and interviews. So, um, you know, some of this research you can do um, as primary research, something you do with your own stakeholders. Um, sometimes you can do it as secondary research where you look at like national studies, you know, other, other data that other people have collected. But I think, you know, for our process, it's, it's best if you can begin with researching your own stakeholders. Um, so, you know, having surveys, a, a lot of our um, ENSPR members will do um, communication surveys, whether it's annually or every couple of years, where we'll talk about you know, where do people get their information from the district? And, um, you know, how often do they want to get that information? Um, you know, I think when we are doing surveys and that's, uh, you know, an area that Naomi specializes in, so I'll definitely have her talk more about it in a bit. But um, a lot of times the questions are, are kind of about what's come in the past, people's perceptions of the things and stuff that's been put out in the past. Um, and we like to enhance that by having also focus groups. Uh, a focus group is a group of like individuals, so maybe all elementary parents or all high school teachers. And you know, in the audit process, you get them together and talk to them about um, you know, questions related to their perceptions of the district image. And, um, you know, when, you know, important decisions are made, do they feel like they're included in the way that they need to be? You know, when there's a crisis, do they receive the information they need and what in a timely manner? Um, and in those focus group conversations, you can dive a little bit deeper. And I think what's great about them is when I ask you a question on a survey, you're going to give me a response based on the options I gave you. But when I'm having a conversation with you, you might think of something I would never would have thought to ask about. And as a you know skilled facilitator, I know, oop, that's an interesting line. I'm going to go further down that rabbit hole, and I'm going to ask you some more questions. So focus groups are great at 
um, eliciting issues or opportunities that you never would have known were there if you hadn't been engaged in a conversation with someone. So I think it's really important to have both in the audit process um, because they're very complementary. And, you know, when we talk about interviews, usually that is more um, kind of background understanding operational. So you might do like one-on-one -on -one interviews with your superintendent so that you have a really good handle on what your superintendent's personal goals are for your communications department and for the district communications as a whole. Where the focus groups, we're gonna have some similar questions that we ask all the groups. So we can see, are there um, different trends between groups in terms of preferences? But they all, um, I think, come together to give us some really good um, data. And I think, you know, that those are all really important parts of the audit process. But internally as a department, if you're doing this for yourself, I think it's really important to look at um, the materials that you're putting out. You know, are they, um, you know, do you have good use of white space? What are your open rates? Um, you know, what are your click-through rates on certain types of content? What um, headlines seem to get the best engagement, um, you know, on your social media posts? Are there different times of day or different days of the week that people are most engaging with your content. All of that analytics is really important to look at. Um, look at your branding. You know, is your logo and your tagline used consistently across all your materials? And do your schools have, you know, alternative versions of your logo that they use on their materials? So, you know, you're looking kind of across the spectrum of your, of your materials. Um, and I think too, you know, we, we look at all of this stuff as part of our audit process. Um, you will also look at policies. You know, what are your, when's the last time you took a look at your board policies related to communications and public information and media? And do they align with practices today? You know, that's, that's another piece of the audit. Um, and, you know, looking at, you might have a formal communications person or, or staff, but do you have informal communicators who are given communications tasks? Do you know who all those people are and what they do? Do they know what the expectations are? Do you offer any sort of training for them? So it's just looking at all of these pieces and parts that influence a district's overall communications program. Um, and I, I think one of the, the last pieces that this is usually something we recommend, but is to do a really close look at um, your time on tasks. Um, our members today use some great planning programs um, like Monday.com and Asana and um, they to kind of get a handle on how much time am I spending on different strategies and tactics in my communications program. So I think if you're doing an audit yourself, definitely spend some time just auditing where your time is allocated and does that line up with your organizational priorities. For communications and your goals as a department. Excellent. That was summary. probably a longer answer. Than <laughs> no, you that was great. <laughs> that was great. And, and so you, you mentioned surveys and school schools and school PR folks. You know, we're used to surveys. And uh, for example, the Scope Survey, which stands for School Communication Performance Evaluation, that survey is copyrighted. But um, can you still, Naomi, Naomi, share us uh, some general tips for doing your surveys uh, in a way that can get us some good data on our communication efforts? Absolutely, because it really comes down to some fundamental best practices of surveying. So I would start with even going back a little bit to what Melissa was talking about before you even embark on the survey, write down why you want to do it. 
what outcome are you hoping for in doing this survey? What are the particular problems or challenges that motivated you to want to survey your stakeholders? And then um, I would start with making a list of questions. What do you need to know? You know, what do you want? I, as I said, what do you want the outcome to be? For example, maybe you're asking whether you should keep producing a monthly printed newsletter and you don't know. Um, so make a list of all the things that you're curious about and that you want to know about. Then I would suggest also writing down, go through the exercise of writing down your assumptions, things that you think you don't need to ask. Maybe you're absolutely positive that nobody cares about social media in your district and it's not a good use of your time to maintain a Facebook page or an Instagram page. So not only think about what you think you don't know, but think about what you think you do know and decide to test at least a few of those. Um, because we sometimes find that we're surprised by data that comes out in a survey. For example, um, in an audit that we were doing um, a few months ago, it showed that email was the number one source of information for students. And that really shocked me because it defied what I thought I knew about teenagers. So test those ideas. Um, next, decide how you're going to use the data. If something isn't possible to change, don't ask about it. If you know you don't have money or capacity to do a new logo, don't ask, do you think that we need a new logo? Because nothing destroys trust faster than asking a question and not paying attention to the feedback that you get. When you actually draft the survey, it's very important to include open-ended questions because there may be things that users want to tell you that you haven't thought about asking them, and that just gives them a platform to share in a general way. I also really suggest that when you're asking multiple choice questions that you always include in other, say you're asking for categories of titles, um, you know, job classifications, maybe you forget a really important category, you know, like food service workers. By putting other down there, it really um, avoids you facing the pain of forgetting to include somebody or forgetting to include a particular choice. And my last um um, piece of advice is when you get the results back and you start looking at them, really dig deep, go beyond the obvious, look at the data from several different angles. So for example, let's say that your survey shows that parents aren't reading email. Well, is that because they don't, um, they don't use email? Is it because they don't have access to a computer. I mean, that's really not so much of an issue anymore. That used to be a really big deal. Or maybe it's because the emails that you're drafting just aren't compelling. So don't just look at layer one, go to layer two, three, and four. Cross tabulation with your data can help a lot with that when you're trying to get into some of those nuances. Is you know, just don't look at the straight survey results, then say, okay, you know, if I ask them to pick, are they a parent or an employee? Is there differences in the responses to this question, depending on whether or not they're a parent or employee? So have fun <laughs> with the data, play around with it a little bit and see what other stories there are. I mean, it is, it's a storytelling tool if you start to, to look at it. 
Mm-hmm. Excellent. And Naomi, you brought up a couple of great points and, and cause I've had these conversations with our team, you know, as a communications department, just because you've always done something doesn't mean you need to keep doing it. If it is not getting you the results that you think it should be getting. And I think that in and of itself is so valuable because it, it talked, it's a return on investment. And, and if you're realizing that this, this thing that takes so much time, if it's not having the impact, do another thing. And, and really it takes a survey. It takes asking those, those questions to, to get to that answer. Yeah. We sometimes find there are certain things that are sacred. And I think part of the benefit of, of um, an auditor, that's not an employee of the district is you can see things from a broader perspective. And, you know, sometimes a communication staff person is just in love with their newsletter and it's really hard for them to, Um, see the truth that maybe it's, you know, maybe that printed newsletter that gets, you know, stuffed in backpacks isn't working anymore. So yeah, I think you're so right about not getting overly attached and the data gives you objective ways to evaluate that. And another really important point that you brought up that I wanted to lift up before we go into break is if you don't have the resources to fix it or change it, don't ask it because you set expectations that, oh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm a parent and I can tell you about all the different things that I want to see done. Well, you know, if you got a $5 budget, that's, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we have lots more to explore today. So after the break, we want to hear some examples of how the communications audit can improve outcomes for school PR professionals and beyond. Stay with us, everyone. You're listening to School PR Drive Time. Did you know that students spend an average of 13% of their waking hours in school by the time they're 18? This leaves parents facing the question of how to fill the remaining 87%. Together with parents and communities, schools share in the joint mission to enrich the lives of children in and outside the classroom. But you can't do it alone. That's where Peach Jar comes in. With Peach Jar, your school can provide more resources, increase engagement with busy parents, and streamline communications so that you can spend more time focusing on celebrating student success. Trusted by more than 17,000 schools in 850-plus school districts, 34,000-plus community organizations, and more than 12 million parents nationwide, Peach Jar delivers resources that help communities thrive. Book a demo at www.peachjar.com today to learn how partnering with Peach Jar can help you streamline your communications process and better connect with your community. Welcome back to School PR Drive Time. In this half of the podcast, we want to dive into the effectiveness and expected outcomes of a communications audit. So we'll start with Melissa. So big picture, what should districts be hoping to get out of a communications audit? Well, what I love about audits is that it really helps you figure out um, goal alignment. Are your goals as a communication department and you know the the priorities that you've identified are they aligned with your organizational goals? It helps you with evaluation. So you go through this audit process and you get a lot of great data, and you can use it, um, you know, as a baseline data to measure against in the future. You know, are, am I making progress? But it also can help you evaluate uh, what you've been doing until now. So it's a dual purpose 
um, function, I think the communication audits. You know, it gives you this great research that um, you know a, a program can use to make strategic communication plans. I see a lot of districts where um, they're about to engage in an overall district strategic planning process and the communication plan helps inform that work. But at the same time, I've seen a lot of districts go through their strategic planning process as a district and decide, hey, you know what, we heard a lot of feedback from our community that communications is an area we need to work on. And then they decide to do a communication audit. So it can come either way. So you know, I think the audit process, it can be evaluation or it can be research, foundational research. But I think for the frontline person, the you know, communications professional working day to day, it's going to help you um, identify, you know, picture like three garbage bins. And one is like keep, save for later and toss. It's going to help you look at everything you're doing and say, yes, let's keep doing this. This is great. It's aligned with our goals. It meets our stakeholders needs. Let's make this a priority. Uh, this is okay. You know, the alignment isn't as good. Um, you know, well, let's save it for later. Maybe in the summer, we'll find a few extra hours. We can work on it then. And then the toss pile, which is my favorite. You know, it's not working for my stakeholders. They don't care that we're there. And it's a huge time suck. Let's get rid of this. Because, you know, again, you have way more time or way more to do than you have time. You need to find uh, smarter ways to work. And so I think that's the biggest benefit to districts who go through this process is that that idea of, you know, keep and toss and figuring out what you can get rid of. Um, and I think when you're going through the process, it's helpful if uh, we, we introduce something new this year in our audit reports where we try and look for quick wins. You know, when when you're, whenever you're planning something, you kind of look for your I don't know if you've ever heard the rock story where if you put the big rocks in first, then it's easier to fit the little pebbles around it. So usually we're looking for what are kind of our big rocks that we're going to accomplish this year. But sometimes there are a few little pebbles that are going to be quick wins that you can check off and it makes you feel good. So, you know, when you're going through this process, I would also look for some quick wins that can make you feel like you're, ah, I accomplished something. I did some of this stuff. <laughs> um, so look for the pebbles too. <laughs> Awesome. And data is uh, obviously a huge part of this uh, process. And Naomi, this, this question is for you. So audits, there, there are a lot of work, um, a lot goes into it. And so whether you decide to do that audit by yourself or uh, team up with uh, Ensper to do that, what makes it worth it to go through that audit process? It's going to help you improve communication. That's going to make you better at your job. And as I said at the beginning, ultimately, it's about serving students. And I always, always want to come back to that. It's worth it because if we're doing a good job of communicating, we're making sure that students get the support they need. We're making sure that academic initiatives that are important to student outcomes are actually being implemented and carried out. It feels good to have the support of your community besides just the financial support. Everybody wants to be connected to a school district that has a good reputation and a good image and that people feel good about. And you know, audits fall into the category of changing behavior, attitudes, and belief systems. And so that's always something that's really turned me on in my work with school districts is I want school districts to have good reputations. Um, and that is one of the biggest payoffs you're going to get from doing an audit. I think to add to that too, we both get districts who have areas that 
that needs some work, but we also get some folks who are doing really great work, which mm-hmm. makes it a unique challenge for us as, as auditors to go, okay, well, they're already really good. How do we help them get even better? Um, and so whether you feel like you're, man, I've got this, I'm great, or uh, there are some things I could work on. I think an audit can be for you. I think it, it, we can find benefit in the process of self-reflection in our professional work as well as our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And Melissa, you, you brought up self-reflection. So as, as we want to close out the show today, as um, how can school PR practitioners do their own reflection and evaluation and decide if this sort of higher level communications audit could be beneficial for not just their department, but their organization as well? You know, when I was working in school districts, um, every year I had to develop my communication plan for the following year. And so I was usually building that in August. So for me, June, July was a time for that reflection to look back at some data. And so I would say, you know, if you're just getting started, try and find some time in the summer months when it's maybe a little bit slower, where you can say, you know, I'm just going to look at some of my analytics for my website and my social media. Um, you know, I'm maybe going to plan some informal interviews with a few administrators that I've supported over the past year. Um, and, you know, maybe if you can squeeze in an end of year survey in May or June related to communications, um, or uh, I worked, worked in districts where they had votes I would squeeze in a communications question related to, you know, whatever they were, whatever else they were doing, I'd find a way to slip in a communications question. So maybe there's an existing survey, you can just slip a question in for yourself um, to give you some data. And I think that's a good way to just start if you're just doing it on your own. Um, ENSPRA has our uh, rubrics of practice tool um, that you can use to kind of benchmark your work against national best practices. But even just start with just start with your own data. And then um, doing a, a more robust uh, communication audit, I think the biggest barrier for comms departments and doing it themselves is the time that it requires, because it does require a good bit of time. Um, and at least when you're doing focus groups, it can be helpful to have sort of a you know, nonpartisan third party doing it. So, you know, when the people are in the room, they feel like they can be honest because the, you know, interviewer doesn't have a stake in the game. Um, So, you know, consider the dynamics of your community and whether it's something where you would be comfortable facilitating a focus group or, you know, when they're talking about something that's so personal to you, your your own communications work, or you need to have kind of that third party doing it. Um, But, you know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of the stuff that you could start internally, if you're not sure yet, if you have the budget. The other thing I would say is to have conversations with your leadership team, with your superintendent through that lens of database decision-making and help them see that great data on communications is gonna help not only your district's relationship with its stakeholders, but it's also gonna help them with budgeting for communications. It's gonna help them make better decisions. So investing in a communications audit ultimately is going to help the district get better. Um, And if you can have that conversation with your leadership, then you can build in the budget maybe for next year for a true communications audit. And honestly, when we, we do them with districts, we tell them you don't need a big full communication audit more than every five years because it takes a while to implement all of the recommendations and to make changes. So, you know, it's not something you're going to have to spend money on every year, but I would say, you know, start small internally and then have those conversations with your leadership team and build it in the budget for the future so that you can do it 
hopefully, you know, every, every five years. Excellent. You brought up a, a great point and we'll kind of end with, you know, it's, it's about money. It's spending money, spending time. Are you doing it um, with purpose? Are you doing it with intention and are you getting the results that you want? And ultimately, you know, a communications audit can get you that data that you can go to your, your superintendent and say, Hey, I need X, Y, and Z. And here's the data to, to prove it. And that's, um, it's harder, it's harder to, to get the no when you, when you bring, you bring in the data. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. We always get at Ensper, we always get questions um, from our members and from district leadership. What's the right size communications department for this size district? And, and the honest answer is, well, how much communications do you want? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you need to size for. And, you know, I think an audit is kind of about understanding, well, how much communications does our community want? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we can size for it appropriately. <laughs> well, wonderful conversation. I appreciate your time so much. Ensper's Associate Director, Melissa Braun, APR, and Ensper's Communication Audit Surveys Manager, Naomi Hunter, APR. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks to Peach Jar for their support of this episode of School PR Drive Time.